Hello, and welcome to the Masters of Mobility Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Templeton. This exclusive series will focus on one of the most important questions of our time. How can we, as humans, move around the planet without killing it? We'll dive deep into sustainable mobility to understand how the future of mobility is shaping the future for you. We'll explore the innovation, technology, and disruption that will soon change the way we move through the world by talking to the people who are driving it, who are willing to share their stories and initiatives. These are perspectives you simply won't find anywhere else. If you're an innovator, technologist, or mobility professional, I highly recommend you to follow us through the series. So stick around as we get into today's topic. I'm, I'm really pleased to be here with somebody that I think is uh, going to be recognized in the very near future as a visionary for what mobility and transportation is really going to be all about in, in the next probably, what, five to ten years in terms of shifts from, you know, having an electric vehicle that I can drive to having an electric vehicle that I can be a passenger in and it can take me where I want to go. And so, uh, Marcus Paletti from Loretti Group, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for bringing me on, Chris. You know, people are generally interested in understanding how founders see the world and what kind of solutions they can bring. The story behind them, their philosophies, the sentiment, the sentiment that drives them. In short, you as the man behind Loretti, what do you make of where things are going and what do you see for the future? Well, story, philosophy, that's a lot to cover, but <laughs> you can do it. Intelligence. Um, let me start there. I think intelligence is now a common theme in everything we do. On one hand, the times we live in demand us to be more intelligent. Uh, this is particularly true when you when you see how quickly the jobs are being taken by um, um, AI and advanced technologies. I think. On the other hand, people started to take things very seriously, like not killing the earth and not slaving people in factories or, or you know, digging up the resources and stuff. Um, I, a different degree of um, uh, moral and technological advances are happening. Um, and I'm fascinated by this interesting balance and contrast here. You know, going forward, it'll all be dependent on how smart uh, our brains perform and how how much productivity, uh, productivity in terms of using our intelligence we can achieve. Um, so I can imagine that many people have to uh, do everything to be ahead and smarter than today uh, to use the technology. But some people have to be highly responsible for the purpose of creating the technology in the first place. So, and to me, it's very personal because you can look at, you can look around today and see we have more entrepreneurs than ever in history putting their brains to work and uh, all around the world. So, so with, all this, with all this happening around us, I think there has to be, I think innovation centered around um, productivity and convenience of people is, is what um, is needed you know, going forward. And, and I believe if you can equate the, um, the kind of technology initiatives we will come up with to human productivity and wellness, I think, um, it is going to give us a win-win case in the long term and also 
purely for business results as well. You know, it's interesting the way that you put it. <clears throat> Today, it's so often in business, I see businesses marketing their products as smart and innovative and intelligent. And I can see where things go in that sense. But you talked about how tech should bring more convenience. Don't you think we already have too much of this to get get us too lazy? <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. But the when I talked about the, the, the kind of technology convenience, uh, I'm talking about, you know, it, I'm not talking about distraction in any way or making people lazy. It's simply to cater for the more, the more demanding lifestyle that we will have in future. So, I mean, this is again, we're projecting it. And, you know, like I said, my rationale was, you know, how things are moving from um, uh, uh, muscle-based jobs to brain-driven jobs, right? So at this point, I just wanted to make it really clear that in the context of mobility, the future we will see, soon see will allow people to travel like feathers in the breeze. More and more people can move around from place to place, totally light, with great ease and joy. And I can I can already picture this, right? So if you imagine if you never have to pull your phone out uh, to organize or book cars in, in 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 multiple apps, right? Or never have to carry a laptop or chunky wallet. I mean, these things would be like using a fax machine in terms in in, in the in the times of digital signatures. So when I, when I say this, I can clearly see that in my mind, this future isn't too far away, believe it or not. And you think people are ready for this? Oh, um, <laughs> are people ready for this? We know the answer to that. Because who doesn't want to travel light? It's going to benefit a lot of people, you know, wider population in general. Yes, look at it this way. Less things, less hassle, and less to carry, and quick to move. I mean, this is already telling us you know, how environmentally friendly this is, you know, and, and not to mention how efficient things can get. So the real question we need to be asking is this. How does this progress come about? And what innovation of technologies are lining up to, to, to take us to this point? And that's a lengthy conversation to have anyway. So. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure that it is a lengthy conversation, but let's try and keep it simple. Where do you think this innovation is taking us? How far are you from Silicon Valley? <laughs> close. <laughs> Very close. Let me try it this way. Um, for the first time, we noticed that players in multimodal transport are looking outside of their respective industries for solutions. And and see, you know, sometimes just to see what they can learn from, I guess. So a car industry is no more a car industry, and so does the airline industry or the, you know, what we call a locomotive transportation, whatnot. So now the auto industry is looking at the tech industry for solutions, and the tech industry is looking at disrupting the service industry. Um, what's been traditionally done now being disrupted? There's no question about that. Because we're realizing this more and more, in order to be relevant, it is not good enough for, for companies or startups to be, you know, to, to, to try to put their, um, to draw a circle and put the competition around the, the industry players. 
uh, just the industry players anymore. But to understand customers' needs in a wider context of mobility and meet, meet them, that's very important. Even if you have to bring those solutions from outside, we will have to have that mindset to be, to be able to go outside of our industries. When you look at it, did it help your project from adapting solutions outside the industry? And can you point out kind of what those are? And, and it, I know you didn't take this approach from the beginning, but talk about how it changed. Um, when, I, when we first started Loretti, we, just like any other startups, we just jumped on the, the bandwagon because uh, it's an exciting new industry. And uh, there are a lot of EV companies and uh, some challenging to kill Tesla or calling themselves Tesla killers. Frankly, we didn't want to be Tesla killers from the beginning. I mean, we don't mind murdering Mercedes. I'm kidding. <laughs> when we looked at the project six months down the line, uh, we I realized that there was nothing special except for the opportunity itself. But then we looked at how we can differentiate ourselves. So I realized a few things early in our project that we have to look outside of electric vehicle industry as soon as we learned about electric vehicle industry. So I learned a great deal and I also experimented, uh, experimented a great deal. So uh, thanks to the team who, who, um, who helped us to take this approach. As a result, we're standing here as an innovative business model that transformed as an electric vehicle manufacturer seller to a leading mobility technology company on a passenger-centric level. And we, I mean, one thing if I might add, when we talk about a passenger-centric experience, we have gone to a level where we've taken that from a scientific slash study approach, understanding science behind the passenger's comfort, passenger's interaction with technology, what's important at the digital services or the privacy and all of that. So, yeah, thinking, I mean, some of these things we took at, you know, we looked at outside of our industry to take inspiration from. I mean, it really takes it to a whole nother level, doesn't it? From the standpoint of, you know, I think about <clears throat> what my backseat experience is if my kid's driving us someplace or if I'm on a plane or on a, a, a ferry. And, you know, I think the basics are there in terms of comfort, but when you talk about well-being and being able to look at, at stressors and incorporate those into my experience, not so much, I guess what I hear you saying is, look, there's ways that we can take where you are stress-wise, emotionally, and help to increase your comfort as a passenger. Is that right? Yes, um, and I, and he also talked about the other modes of transport as well. So we, I mean, I, I will stress again here that wellness, productivity, the in-vehicle experience or mobility experience itself as a whole, automotive does not have monopoly on it. This basically applies to all sorts of multimodal uh, players today. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm um, I mean, we can see today a lot of very big um, industry players are already focusing on these aspects. And if you if you were to dissect each one of these areas, um, we're talking about the connectivity side, productivity side, and, and, and wellness side. Uh, 
each one, that's a notion itself. Um, um, so basically has its own uh, experience blocks or functionality blocks. And for us, this is where we, this is where that study-based uh, approach helps us to focus on what really is important and how exactly to deliver to our customers. Well, we've come to the end of this podcast episode. I want to thank everyone in the audience for joining us. Be sure to check us out on our website, mmi.today. You can also tweet your comments and questions to at Future Mobility Masters. That's at Future Mobility Masters on Twitter. I'm Chris Templeton, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode of the Masters of Mobility podcast.